If you had to come up with a plan B to retool as a leader in today's down economy, with the experience and knowledge you already have, these are the exact steps you can take to thrive. Welcome to the Visionary Leaders Circle podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ginny Barrow. Leaders want it all. In this podcast, we talk about it all, from how to integrate all of who you are, from developing leadership skills and empowering yourself with a growth mindset in your career, relationships, finances, and even your emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, Dr. Jenny Barrow sits down with Carol Mann, who specializes in accelerating business growth during crisis, transition, or stagnation. With over 30 years of experience, Carol has engineered numerous profitable turnarounds, ranging from innovative startup ventures to struggling multinational corporations. In this episode, Carol shares the top three skills leaders need to be successful in today's world. It's so good to see you. It's so good to have you with us. And um, I know we're all crushed, crunched for time, so I will be very respectful. Thank you for having me. Before we even get into the questions, Carol, why don't you share with the audience a little bit about your background, which I know is very intricate, right? And uh, what you do today. I turn around troubled companies and I help companies uncover hidden cash and profit in their, in their businesses. I've uh, started turning around companies when I was 19 and I've been a partner at two big four consulting firms and I'm now have my own firm specializing in middle market because the middle market is an area that's really underserved. There's no one really to help these companies. They either can't get to the help or they can't afford the help. So I've been trying to find a way to make it accessible to everyone that really needs it. Had a big impact on the um, amount of business failures actually that happen in the United States if, if lower end companies can get the help they need. Carol, I love your story. Can you tell people a little bit about your story in terms of your background? Because you just said you started turning around companies when you were 19 years old. What gave you the audacity, right? Yeah. To start doing that at 19 years old. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> That's what it was. I was in the wrong place at the right time. Uh, the moral to the story is if you get the chance to marry someone more than twice your age at 18, run away from that. And I did not. <laughs> so, little slow in the uptake on that one. And his business began to fail and he had no idea what to do. And I just said, he's like, well, I guess we'll just give up. And I said, give up. We're not going to give up we'll figure it out. Like, let's just figure it out. So I began to figure it out and try all kinds of crazy things that I think if I, back then there was no turnaround industry, but if there was at the time, I would not have tried half the things I tried because everyone kept telling me it couldn't be done. And I'm like, no, but I see a way I could do it. Yeah. I challenge the status quo at all times. That's who I am. So yeah, I, I don't think that I had any idea what I was doing. I learned by doing and decided, I, I was actually told by the bank that they were so happy that I started doing it because they never would have gotten their money back. They were trying to get their money back for five years. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. That's valuable. Yes, it Very is. Valuable. So yeah. one of the ways that, one of the things that I did was for the company to get credit, they didn't have enough credit because their credit was bad. I used the credit actually of their clients who were all AAA rated clients and said to the bank if they would lend on these contracts, which is basically purchase order financing now, but they didn't have it back then, 
I would take 5% of the contracts and pay down the principal. And they were like, the principal? And I said, yeah, so here's actually the loan committee document. You take this, I did it for you. You take it to the loan committee, you show them, and here's the spreadsheet I did showing how much we're gonna pay principal down this year. And we haven't paid you principal in five years. But Carol, how did you know all this? I guess that's what I'm asking you. Where did this information come from? I don't know. I started reading the Wall Street Journal at seven and doing business plans for for fun business plans i didn't like barbies i wasn't the barbie girl that explains so much thank you for that clarity because that puts everything in context for me it's a pleasure to have you and um from that perspective is how you're going to answer the questions that we are going to address today so the first question for you carol is we are in a very unique situation right now. And I know people said, well, we've been through this before. This is not the first time we've been in a crisis. And I get that. Given the situation we're in right now, what do you recommend or what are the most critical qualities that leaders can have today? What is most critical for leaders to know and do today? Three qualities that I think are really important are one, humility. Humility is probably the thing I see most lacking right now because when people become afraid, they become really protective and defensive. And it's okay to admit to your company that you don't know. And it's okay to admit to your company that you made a mistake. You can say, look, I've never been through this before. I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to find out. And here's what I'm doing to find out. And here's who I'm calling to help me. Here's the training or the consulting I'm getting. Here's what I'm doing. And I'm not going to leave you exposed. And don't be afraid. I'm okay with not knowing everything. And guess what? I learned something new and I realized I made a mistake. Whether it's with an employee, a customer, and, and as leaders, aren't we always to be modeling the behavior we desire? Right? So you can say, you know, I'm always the first one into, in a meeting to say, you know what? I'm sure that's my mistake even if it's not necessarily my mistake. Because if I say that, before you know it, by the end of the meeting, someone went, oh, that, you know what, that was my mistake, I missed that one. So one would be to be, be humble and, and, and approach it with humility. Uh, I think humor is extremely important. So the three H's for me, you know, humility and uh, humor is extremely important. And the other thing is, the third is to create a culture of humanity and kindness. It's very important if you're asking someone to be humble and then using humor, you, you can motivate people to do impossible things with humor. Like, I believe me, it works. Um, and I'm the person that lays people off all the time, right? So how do you do that and be respectful of what someone's going through if I don't have a kind way of approaching things I can tell you that, you know, someone can say, oh, do you like my outfit? And I can say, you know, yellow looks really good on you. I didn't say the skirt looked horrible. I said, yellow looks really good on you because I could find one good thing. And there's always one good thing about each person and what they do. And focus on the good things so that they have room that gives them the room to be humble and exhibit those behaviors that you're looking for. That's great. For companies that are struggling in many different ways today, 
to stay afloat financially, to be as productive as they can be, to take care of their people during this health crisis and situation, how would you Crazy, yeah. approach as a company creating and developing leaders who are humble, who use their humor, who uh, use, create a culture of humanity and kindness? One of the things I like to do is have lunchtime meetings. Now you can do them by Zoom, just like you can do them anywhere else. And go around the company and select people either from each department, depending on the size of your company, but not, not leaders. And have them give a 10 minute presentation on something in their life that was wonderful, something in their life that was horrible and how they survived that or challenging beyond what they thought they ever could and something that really speaks to the heart of who they am. If they love horses and they train horses, show us pictures of your horses. If you love Def Leppard, show us about your music. You know, if you do theater. And, and typically we ask them to show what they love first because we now know more about you. When you show me what you love and then you show me one of your greatest challenges or things you overcame and then you show me one of the things that you feel you're really competent at that was a big victory for you and at the end what did you learn from those three things and from the exercise and people show the craziest things they'll show their kids you know smashing them in the face of the pie or they'll show you know and they'll say you know we love that or one of the things i shared was you know i had a really stressed out what time of raising my kids and they'd get really stressed out and we'd sit down to dinner and I'm like, don't make me do it. Like, I'm going to do it. If you guys don't calm down, I'm going to do it. And they'd be like, no, mom, no. And I'm like, count to three. And we do an ugly face contest. Because ah! it made them all laugh. So yeah. now in meetings, I'll go, I'm going to count to three. And we have the ugly face contest. Don't make me do it. <laughs> and you just find a way to break the tension and get people to become uh, more self-reflective in a non-threatening way. And humor is great for that. And props are great for that. So allowing people that wouldn't normally speak to stand up and show themselves, you'd be amazed at the reaction the other people have and go, I didn't know you sang in a choir. I didn't know you did horses. I know horses. We never talk about that. We only talk that's about right. what creates connection. And that's what we need right now in this disconnected, untouching sort of lack of physical, tactile things, we need connection. And I think that's important. And I, I think that developing that right now is, a, is, is particularly challenging. Yes, wow. I love the story. I love that those three questions. What do you love? What was one situation where you had a huge challenge that you overcame? And what was a big win for you? What was something that you, where you shined? I love that. I had people bring in trophies and ribbons and, oh, I did this. I ran the, you know, you know, a, a marathon. I came in last in the New York City Marathon. Hey, you did it. <laughs> That's right. I can't say that I've run a marathon. So there you have it. It's interesting. And it creates, you get a more 360 view of people. Because now more than ever, EQ, right, as we know, is so much more important than it used to be. And that there's a lot, you can teach people empathy by showing them others exhibiting empathy. Absolutely. Right? Empathy is something many people are not, 
It's not natural for people, for many people, and they've never been taught that. So. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. So the last question I'm going to ask you is around the leaders who are watching and listening who are looking to create a unique edge. What will you tell them? Again, I, I'm very big on developing soft skills right now for with my people that I work with because I find that it used to be everyone had soft skills and they needed more education. Now we get a workforce that is extremely educated with a lot of information and they spend their life in their phone or on their computer and they don't have a lot of soft skills. So I'm all about developing the soft skills, how we engage with each other, how we relate to each other. And as a leader trying to develop an edge, I can say what I do for me. Sure. <laughs> um, I like to use a lot of humor, so I watch a lot of comedy, stand-up comedy, because I see what people laugh about, and I see what people don't laugh about, which is even sometimes more important. Um, also, I'm always learning. I'm always trying something I don't feel proficient at. It keeps me just a little bit off balance, which can be bad. On a bad day, it's bad, but on most days, it's very good because as, as people, we tend to make the same recipe all the time because we like it and we know when we're good at it, right? But when you try something new, anything new that's unnatural to you, specifically physically unnatural to you, I find brings out different things in someone. If you get someone who's a big, uh, I don't know, like a long distance runner or a sprinter and you ask them to do yoga or ballet, it's a very different experience. It brings a different side of your personality in so I challenge myself to try many different kinds of things that I know I'm not going to be good at. So I was paralyzed from the waist down and I'm not anymore, but my, I used to be a great dancer and a competitive cheerleader and my feet don't work the same anymore. So I take dance classes and I just stand there, oh, I used to be so good at this. That doesn't matter. Where are you now? What can you learn from this now? And I've gotten a lot of humor out of the fact that walking when you can't feel your feet is treacherous. It can really be hard. And Absolutely. so one of the funny things that happened to me, I fell down four flights of steps. I got 40 stitches in my forehead. Okay, well, I probably should have been looking where I was going that day. But you, you know, anything that you can look at the humorous side of anything and to challenge that edge for you to see things in a different way, I think comes from challenging yourself all the time. Always pushing further in things that are not necessarily comfortable to you. So painting. I don't feel I'm naturally artistic. I go painting classes. It brings out a different experience for me and I see my struggle in myself. So when I see someone working with me who's struggling also, it gives me a ready story. Oh, did you see that painting in my office? Isn't it horrible? <laughs> yeah, I did that, but I had super fun and we had wine and it was great. It was just a different way that allows me to relate to them. And when they see that you're human, and kind and self-effacing, they're much more willing to open up to you, be vulnerable with you, show humility and kindness to others. And I think it's the most important thing we need right now with this series of challenges from many angles. Thank you, and I know how you glossed over the, yes, I was paralyzed from the waist down and now I'm fine. So yeah. let me ask you this, Carol. I know that that was a really big part of your life. I mean, I, when I say big, I don't, significant right? When you saw yourself paralyzed and then you were able to uh, walk again, like heal yourself, you know, through the methods that you did. So tell us a little bit about that and how that's 
how that has influenced you as a leader? Ooh, I had to learn to give myself a lot of grace. I was one of those people that if I, I really didn't try a lot of things I wasn't good at. First of all, so that kept me being really good at the things I knew. And I had to spend, uh, patient, I had to learn patience with myself. I had to go, I had to learn the importance. It sounds like a silly concept, but I'm very goal oriented. So I knew that a time of chronic illness with nothing to accomplish was going to be difficult for me. And what's the most challenging thing with people with chronic illness and chronic pain is depression. And so I thought, okay, within my limited situation, I need to create something that I can accomplish every day. So the first thing I chose was just to get dressed, which sounds simple, but when you can't lose, move the lower half of your body, it's challenging. And so it took me four hours the first day to get dressed. And then I slept in my clothes because I was exhausted and slept all night. And then I did it again the next day. I I'm going to say I went three months just dressing, sleeping in my clothes, <laughs> dressing, sleeping in my clothes. But every day I went, I did one thing. I accomplished one thing. I didn't look at the end of the day and go, oh, what did I do? I didn't, I went to the doctor. You got I, dressed. I had something to look forward to. So tomorrow I'm going to get dressed with shoes. That's going to be awesome. And I celebrated every little thing. And that helped me. The power of incremental increase is something that we, as a, I'm going to say at least definitely in America, but in this world that we live in now, we want zero to hero in a minute. And that's not the way life goes. Progress. Thinking that the zero to hero mentality, everything instantaneous, instant coffee, instant career, instant everything, is not, um, I did not find it a good habit. It didn't create good habits for me. The struggle is where the learning is. The failure is where the learning is. I can't tell you how many times I fell, but I learned about 10 different ways to get up. And that was important. That's the very important. Path. Right, so that the power of that incremental increase and giving yourself grace, which for me was and is, continues to be extremely hard. If I fall off the wagon today and I don't exercise today, I'll do it tomorrow. Get back on and do it again. And I had to decide that wellness had to be the focus of my life and put my exercise and self-care first. I do it at six in the morning every day. Because if I don't, it'll be eight o'clock at night and I still haven't done it. And if I do that for a week, I have back pain, I have challenges. So it's a choice to be healthy because believe me, if you don't make that, there'll have to be plenty of time for you to be sick. That just, that takes precedence. So it's, everyone says, oh, you have your health. Yeah, at 37, I lost I my work health. on my health. Yes. And I have it because I value it and I take care of it. So I don't know. And I, I apply those same principles to my work. You know, I don't think that 20 years ago or 15 years ago, you heard, would have heard me say, be kind. <laughs> I would say, be hardcore, be hard driving. Be deliver results, yes. Yeah, I deliver results too. And, I'm, I'm and really you still do. Yeah, I am, I'm good at that. I, it's just, I think I'm a much better human. Yeah. And I think people want to work with me more because I'm a much better human. So work in progress, what can I say? Yeah, thank you so much, Carol. I know that, um, there's so much in what you share and I could sit here with you and ask you and speak with you for hours. Um, what last message would you like to leave the audience with? I wanted to talk about the, t the name of your challenge. Your name of your challenge is fearless leaders, 
right? And I find that as a leader, uh, not to be contradictory, but I'm in fear a lot. And it's more like feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what I mean by fearless. That is yeah, my definition. Don't of wait for the moment to not feel no. any, because if you're not feeling any fear, you're not growing and you're yeah. not changing and you're not making change. And that fear is a good thing. That yeah. tells you you're on the, like celebrate the fear, embrace the fear, right? Because that tells you you're on the brink of something big. And we talked about that earlier today, you and I, like I'm in fear about a lot of what I'm doing. But that tells me I'm right there. I'm at that tipping point. The fear is that thing that tells you, you can either go down the hill really fast and it'll be great or you can crash into a tree. Yeah, <laughs> it's fearless, you... absolutely. And that it's fear really is gonna be there. Yeah, and to be, and embrace the fact that in any of the qualities that any of the people you interview are gonna tell you, they're asking for people to stretch and how they stretched and how they, how they coach people to stretch or lead people to stretch at every moment of that journey is gonna be fear. Yeah. And embrace that and just know like fear is, is normal. It's like, it's like sunburn. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's a bad example, but it's like fear is an, an, a necessary part of the process. Expect it, don't be surprised by it. Give yourself a minute to sit in it. And embrace it. And embrace it and move on. It's important. It's an important. I love that message. My my definition of fearless leaders and being fearless is that you feel the fear and you act despite it. Yes, right. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank Carol, you. I know you have your own practice. How can people find you? What's the best way for them to find you? Oh, my company name is Man Solution Group. So you can find me on LinkedIn under Carol Mann. Man Solution Group or www.man, M-A-N-N, Solution, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N, Group, G-R-O-U-P.com. Wonderful. Yay. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Carol. It was so great to hear your story and also to get your golden nugget. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I adore you. So anything for you? My pleasure. And I adore you too. <laughs> you I'll talk much. to you soon. Take care. If you enjoy this content, subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. And if you want to stay in touch and hear from us, join our community to receive valuable strategies and tools at executivebound.com. I'll see you next time.